0: Welcome to the Consulting Pipeline Podcast. My guest today is Anthony English. And I just got off the call with Anthony. And I was just really struck, amazed, humbled by his transparency, his honesty about the ups and downs of, I don't know what to call it, I guess the journey. You know the journey of bootstrapping a services business, a bit later in life, at a point where you're just not sure what the next direction is because the the platform where all your skill set was focused is um, not just you know deflating at the end of a bubble, but really reaching end of life. That was the situation Anthony found himself in, and. I don't know, maybe some three years ago. And he talks about what he did next and this process of discovery and experimentation and trying and not always succeeding the first time, but this process of iteration to move from that situation towards something better. It's It's just a refreshingly frank view of what that journey can be like. And Anthony's not done yet. He's not there yet. He's not all the way at the destination of having the business he wants. We hear, I think, too many of those stories that are told at the end of the journey, where all the details and inconveniences of the journey are smoothed over and sort of lost in the the warm glow of uh, you know champagne bubbles and sunsets. I think there are not enough reports from the road along the journey and this conversation with Anthony is very much that second thing it's a report from the road how are things out there what what are you trying as on your way to this destination that we're all trying to get to and I think that makes this conversation with Anthony a really valuable important conversation I hope you enjoy it as much as I did Anthony English
1: welcome to the program Great to be here, Philip. How long have we known each other? What, three years now?
0: I'm going to say that's about right. I think it's about three years. And um, so it's, I've been waiting for the moment when I get an email from you and, and the response from me is, Hey, come be on the podcast. That moment has happened. (laughs) (laughs) That moment has happened. So um, here we are. Why don't you tell folks who you are and what you do? We'll start with that. And, there's a bit of a specialization journey story for you to tell, which I'm looking forward to hearing. So, Anthony English, who are you and what do you do?
1: Fairly fairly wild specialization journey, I think, which I'm still on. Yes. So, yeah, so I have got a really strong IT background on enterprise systems, on IBM mid-range systems, and I was somewhat of a leader in that field for yeah, certainly working on it for about twenty years. So mm-hmm. very, very technical background. Mm-hmm. And it, would you say like, is that what you always did? Like,
0: say, yeah. post you know post schooling, you just got right into doing work with IBM mid-range systems.
1: No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that early. Okay. But I, uh, uh, I, I kind kind of fell into it and pretty much you know stayed with the one company till about two thousand and seven. I then went out contracting Mm -hmm. with no real idea of what I was doing and I call it contracting. In fact, yeah, I was just with uh, recruiters, just going through recruiters on six-month gigs, right, Mm -hmm. at what I now discover was a pretty low hourly rate. But um, I only found that out now. (laughs) (laughs) So through all of that journey and, you know, the market downturns, I suppose two or three years ago I realised these recruiters, uh, these recruiters were really not that good at selling my services. Okay. And I thought, well, that's this is a problem because I can actually talk to the customer better than they can. And But, I, of course, I didn't know how to sell, mm-hmm. did I? That's the story I told myself. Right. So, um, yeah, so I had a choice. I could see that the market, there was a downturn, a lot of things getting outsourced offshore. Mm-hmm. I either had to learn more technical stuff or learn to sell my services. And um, so I either had to go down and, you know, competing with all of the rest of the Indians and all of the others who are coming in much more cheaply mm-hmm. or else find a new way of well, what Philip Morgan might call positioning.
0: Yep. So let's, let's stop right there. So, um, so you're in Australia, right? I'm in Sydney, correct? Okay. Yeah. And um, when you said you had a choice between learning how to sell yourself and or uh, learning more technical skills, can you talk a little bit about what it what it looked like having? Maybe this is not totally fair to say, but a sort of front row seat to the decline of a platform, right? Because the platform would be the I, IBM it mid-range systems, AS four hundred, stuff like that. Right. And and that market yeah. was declining or what what did it look like at that time?
1: Yeah, yeah. So so very much for a lot of reasons that um that I probably you know wasn't really aware of. It seemed to me that IBM was not necessarily pushing their platform. Mm-hmm. Things were moving to the cloud.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of bigger companies were we're just not really adopting the technology, right? And 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 remember that my positioning was a horizontal platform positioning, right? Okay, so it wasn't the AS four hundred, now known as the IBM i, but it was actually the 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 the, the well, I was going to say the poorer cousin. It was actually the richer cousin <laughs> of that, which is AIX, and I I um, and and so banks and you know fairly big companies were using that for their ERP systems, right? And for uh, yeah, and so so there was a lot of kind of the legacy talk happening, and and um, and I could the writing was on the wall. Okay. So I had a choice: I either learn some new technology, uh, which I probably could have done, sure, or I think you know what. I'm wondering whether I've got some other skill outside of that technology that I can share.
0: Right. So uh, I'm going to keep trying to dig up a few more details about this sort of sunset (laughs) uh, moment for, (laughs) you know, IBM mid-range stuff. So were you seeing, what specifically were you seeing? Were you seeing people say, wow, you're so expensive. We can get the same thing cheaper or like specifically what were the signals you saw?
1: right so what I was seeing was that uh, companies were uh, I suppose just saying we are going to uh, we, we, we're outsourcing the whole thing to to an offshore that, that was okay. typically India okay uh, and and I, I was not really remember I wasn't speaking to with the with the end client except when I was actually there working there as a contractor right a recruiter so I was just not I just had no visibility of those decisions at that level Mm -hmm. um but what I was seeing was that uh there there was I wouldn't call it a depressed market but just the whole there were a lot of a lot of people just hanging on to hold on to their jobs right think what can we learn to to just basically to to hold ourselves so we don't fall off fall off the cliff how can we how can we stop this from happening? What can we learn? what can we do? How can we redefine ourselves and you know many people may have been made redundant, mm-hmm. contracts getting terminated, and I just thought like this does not look good to me right
0: <laughs> right 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 okay, so there was plenty of evidence that. That this, you know, defining yourself as, as a platform specialist around AIX was, did not have a bright future for you or really anybody. It sounds like who was not an offshore sort of, I, I mean, back in the 90s, we would call them a body shop, just sort of supplying manpower with some amount of expertise, but not a lot of expertise. Right. So that, well, go, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, they, they, they may be, you know, highly, highly expert i i'm not really sure um mm-hmm. the 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 ones in the offshore teams but what i was seeing was that the communication was there was a massive breakdown and that was partly to do with time zones and mm-hmm. poor poor telephone lines and and you just nobody no one seemed to own anything mm. and i thought you know I, like I, I i'm i'm talking to people i i i was one of the very few people who was, who was actually writing about this about AIX and not just about the technical side I actually started positioning myself as like, you know what I'm going to start talking about the customer relations and mm-hmm. you know how projects go wrong and uh, and how to work on a project when you've got 11 different companies involved and how to manage all of the politics of that so very non-technical more client-focused kind of language, and I was getting published like I published in, I think, five magazines, mm-hmm. five online magazines around that and was getting paid for that. Right. Um, and so that told me, look, there are thousands of people in the world with the same skills that I have, but there was only a very, very small number who were actually writing about it. I thought, well, there's something that I can do. Maybe I should had um maybe i should i should uh, develop that a, a little bit more
0: mm-hmm. so did that lead you to connecting with clients when you, when you had that sort of different message around the business aspects or uh, where did that lead you next
1: yes so so what i did was through a mutual friend uh brennan don uh, I, I went into the Double Your freelancing uh course and uh and i still remember the moment philip i remember seeing brennan you know advertising with it he said it's a bit clickbaity, like you know how to double your rates Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought wow that sounds good (laughs) and and i remember taking a lot of interest in marketing i'd obviously had a little bit of experience in writing in writing for other magazines but i didn't have an email list in fact my email list is now as of this interview is effectively one month old nice and as of ten minutes ago, is um, is up to eighty nine subscribers and counting.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I don't
0: know what it feels like to you, but no one is born with an email list. Like everyone has to grow it from the exact same starting point, which is zero. So you just celebrate mm. every single new subscriber. I think, and mm. you know, before you know it, you have several hundred people listening to what you say.
1: Well, there are two things that are that are really important here, and I'm conscious that I haven't, I still haven't told you what it is that I do. All I've told you is what I used to do, right? But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I remember that someone said that old bloggers, sorry, when when bloggers die, they take two things with them. One is their reputation, and the other is their email list. Hmm. But I never, I never took that seriously until literally a month ago. Mm. And, um, and and so yeah, the the other thing that I, I think has been a really big mental shift for me. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but well, actually, let me j- just just uh, head back. So we've sure. we've come out of the technology, still struggling to to get some money. And I think you've been on a few calls where I've. I've been almost in tears, if not in tears. And um, just saying, like, <laughs> where is my next dollar coming from? Right? right. I'm a father of family, like, you know, husband, we've got seven children, and, you know, all the pressure is on me. Right. And so, and, and as you can tell, I'm, I'm older than I sound. And so, so I, um, y- you know, you're just not having runway, like, there's just a whole lot of things that are, all seem to come together, right. which just adds to the pressure. Right. So, so, so as you can see, I've, I've through the writing on the AIX thing, I started writing blogs and fairly random topics, but still broadly around how do you market yourself, how do you get that message out, how do you get people thinking and seeing. Uh, that you're more than just a technical person.
0: Okay. Can can I stop you right there? I want to ask a yeah, few sure. specifics about the blogging. I, I have a sense of where this is headed because you and I have stayed in touch throughout this process. Sure. So, <clears throat> but, you know, for the folks at home, I want you to maybe imagine yourself in Anthony's position at this part in the story, which is, I think it's fair to say, Anthony, you're feeling a little bit adrift, a little bit like, well, I know what doesn't work, which is me selling, you know, consulting services around AIX. I know that doesn't work or that's got a mm-hmm. that it's gonna, pretty soon going to be not working at all. But I don't know what the the new direction is. Right. I don't know where to focus. And so you're writing. How often are you writing at this time?
1: Well, my writing has escalated in the last uh, in the last month. I have written two complete email courses. Wow! I'm ready to write another one, Mm -hmm. and so uh, I have turned one of those email courses into a book. Mm -hmm. I made a big song and when I say a book, I printed it out. Mm -hmm. But I printed it out and it's got a little bit of colour on it. It's just. just 24 pages it doesn't have a proper cover or no photo on it no picture on it and um but but just that fact and putting up an excited totally unedited video on LinkedIn got six and a half thousand views wow and and just a burst of enthusiasm from people and encouragement from people that's great and so I thought well Like that's a thing now. It's a thing. (laughs)
0: That's right. And marketing a thing is way different than marketing yourself. Although I think we'll get into that a little bit. So, but back then, you know, when you were, you were kind of in this uncertain place and you're, you're writing about marketing yourself, are you, I'm just kind of curious, are you writing something weekly or just whenever you feel like it or what does the schedule look like?
1: Yeah, so I, di- yeah, it, I didn't have a schedule, very impulse-driven. Okay, sure. Um, lots and lots and lots of free calls with people who appreciated what I was doing, um, appreciated my advice, yep. lots of free advice that I gave, uh, but it didn't turn into um, into business in any sense at all.
0: Right. Looking inward did the writing help you th- think your way through the uncertainty, or did it? Did it was it was it any kind of feedback mechanism that helped you clarify uncertainty? And it's okay if it's not. I'm just curious yeah. because sometimes it does serve that function.
1: Uh, absolutely, I'm on um, one thing that I has, has been extremely liberating in the last month. And as you can hear, we're just getting interviewed now, or you're just interviewing me now. And it's quite, quite fortunate that it's at this time because I've made a lot of progress in the last month, as you can tell. Yeah. Uh, in terms of procrastination, in terms of the shiny new tool syndrome, in terms of, you know, maybe I should publish something, maybe I should write, uh, maybe I should create a video for YouTube, maybe I should do like having, uh, I'm, I now know what I can say no to. Mm. And so even opportunities that seem to be um potential money spinners I'm happy to say no to them mm-hmm. even without the money. <laughs> mm. It's it's really scary but I can see that really clearly and the writing has helped uh one thing or two things I suppose is is just the whole idea of procrastination and perfectionism which I know is It's just a universal problem. That whole imposter syndrome. Yeah. The writing has been very, very valuable for that. And here's why. Now that I have a thing and and I'm not blaming the technology. Oh yeah, I could have a blog, but I don't know how to set it up. I don't know how to find the right photos. I don't know how to set set up my email automation thing. All of that's in place now. And and I realize that those are very often excuses. What I'm now seeing when I write. Is that I I can write a blog post now in like fifteen minutes and have it published. Have it have it on my email list, have it on my on my blog, on my website, have it on a medium.com mm-hmm. publication, and it's just all done. From the initial thought to publishing.
0: That is going to sound amazing to a lot of people. <laughs> like very desirable in a good way and they're also going to say like how the heck do you actually do that so that's my question is like how yeah. how are you able so fluidly to convert yeah. uh, thinking into into a blog post or an email
1: yeah and so this this comes down to the whole procrastination perfectionism is my blog post good enough thing i work on the principle that if it's worth doing it's worth doing badly <laughs> that's stolen from the uh, early 20th century writer gk chesterton mm. but you think about that in terms of anything philip you think of it in terms of designing the perfect the perfect anything in terms of dancing singing oh yeah look i'd rather be an audience i'm not good enough uh, i'm not good enough yet to be to, to be going public so i've made it through that mental barrier i now I now judge myself not by how many drafts or how many brilliant ideas I've thought of, but how many I've published that are going to be seen by strangers. And I'm and I'm seeing things as assets. And so I'm not letting myself. I'm not letting perfectionism or procrastination or imposter syndrome or anything like that get in my way anymore. And I'm, as you probably know, like many many technical people. I tend to be a very detail-focused, you know, very – you can tend to talk, talk yourself and negotiate against yourself. Right, right. But then I think, well, you know, I'm, I am helping people and I'm seeing that feedback now. I am seeing that enthusiasm. I'm seeing that response. I'm seeing people coming back to me, even if it's not converting into dollars, people are coming back to me saying, Anthony – This really hit them up. This made a change to me. I've actually implemented this. I used that line when I was talking to a customer and it worked. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm doing that, I'm I'm thinking I can't be like the guy, the lifesaver, the the, the lifeguard out on the beach, seeing somebody out there who's drowning and thinking, yeah, but my my swim stroke isn't perfect. (laughs) So I'm not going to go out. I, you know, you've, you've,
0: come across something that is such, such a big um, topic for me, which is this idea of beginning before you are ready. Oh yeah. And um, sometimes I really like, I recommend this a lot to people and sometimes I, I doubt whether it's right for everybody, this idea of beginning before you're ready. But also, I just don't know how – I don't know any other way that's so accessible to almost anybody to get better at something than to just start doing it.
1: Well, just take a different uh, uh, swimming analogy. Supposing that I am going to – I'm going to be the new Michael Phelps. Is he the big swimmer, the big Olympic gold? I, I believe so, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think he's retired now, but mm. he, he won so many Olympic gold medals. Yeah. And I'm afraid of the water. Well, the first step is not for me to be Michael Phelps. Hey, Philip, I am not dip, getting into the water unless every race that I go in I'm going to win. Right. Now the first step is first be a little bit less afraid of the water and then go in the baby pool and then paddle. And so one thing that I've seen terms of sales conversations in terms of articles in terms of measuring success and failure is that i don't see it as a binary decision i see every single thing as just another seed in the garden that i have planted
2: Mm -hmm.
1: no deal is death if i lose this deal there'll be another one come through right if and and so i i am just developing skills along the way in one of my crazy desperate Attempts at making money two or three years ago, I had this crazy idea of going to local businesses who had no money—the local pizza shop and the
2: butcher—and
1: mm-hmm. recording videos, marketing videos, and charging them like hundred and fifty dollars for that to put up on their web And I, look, I'd never done any video. I was using my iPhone. I just had no clue, no business plan. <laughs> enough, right? To just give you an idea of just how 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 crazy uh, and desperate I was. Uh, to, to kind of get into marketing and to make some money without going back and getting a job. Right. And um, and what what that taught me was, well, see, that at one point I, I was I was recording videos. I tried to record an online course, and um, and I think that's made me a grand total of like seventy dollars now. So Ooh. over four years, so you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> And but what that did, I because I used to be very nervous on camera.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I used to, and I'm, I'm not an introvert, um, unlike almost everybody in your audience, I imagine, but right. I'm not, I don't identify as an introvert at all. But uh, but one thing that it w- was that I was recording videos and I was embarrassed and oh, yeah, I scratched myself there and yeah. I looked away, or one of the children came in and interrupted, yeah, have to start it all again. And then I went from that point to being confident on video in 15 minutes. Would you like to know how I did that? That would be interesting to, to hear the answer <laughs> to. <laughs> I realized that I was comparing myself with, with Michael Phelps or with, you know, one of the famous, um, famous movie stars. Right. I was, and I was saying, look, I am not going to win an Academy Award for this video. Once I coped with that, I no longer. Not only do I. I once I actually realised that, that I was comparing myself with the best of the best, and I had to compare myself not with Michael Phelps, but with with the guy who is too afraid to dip his toes in the water. Right. And I'm sitting there, standing in the pool at least. <laughs> right. And then I thought, well, yeah, I'm not going to be as good as all of these people who are like really killing it. But hey, I can help this other guy who's uh, this other lady, whoever it is, who's just just behind me. I can help them out. And so to them, you know, my videos that they'll be like super enthusiastic. They'll they'll um and and, and they'll just say, Wow, well, look, I don't know how you do it. How do you create this content? How do you how do you write so much? And and so once I actually got through that, that I, I gave up the the this has got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I went from being able to record, from being able to you know having to record like take you know a few hours to try and record a fifteen minute video to actually enjoying watching myself. And not many people get to that, including actors. But I actually enjoy watching myself on video.
0: Oh, that's great. There's a lot there, I think, for folks who are in a similar situation to learn from. How, Anthony, did you uh, choose topics? Whether it was a video or a blog article or anything like that, how, how do you, how do you choose topics? What do you decide to talk about?
1: Yeah, so so I, I tend to be, I think, very creative in a non-technical sense. Like I'm not, I don't have a design bone in my body, but um, in terms of creating creative ideas. If you were to talk about left brain, right brain, or you know the four different brain divisions of you know yeah. all of that pseudo neuroscience and so on, I, I I I I've got that mixture. I think right of being creative outside of a technical world. So thinking of topics was not was was probably more driven by impulse rather than any any specific research.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um. But one thing that I, uh, yeah, just looking back, I can see that all of those tools and skills and little video videos that I created for a YouTube channel that I hoped was going to go viral and got like four views, (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, including my mom. You know, like I can look back now and say, look, at the time I had no clue. I thought that investing. Learning that skill or thinking of that topic or being able to craft a message, being able to write a headline, I thought that was going to make me my million dollars. Uh And it didn't. But what it did do is looking back two, three, four years later, or sometimes even a month later, I can say, I now have that skill. Right. I can now see, uh, I can now see now why it's such a good thing that, like, if Philip Morgan invites me to a podcast I just say yes without a moment's notice, without a moment's hesitation. Rather, I'd just say yes. Mm.
0: Well, I'm glad you did. So back to the, <laughs> um, the sort of the positioning journey. So, uh, mm. y- you've, because we're kind of, we're jumping around the timeline, which is, which is good, but I want to make sure folks can kind of track how this unfolded sure. for you. So, You're not, you're, you know, you've seen the, the end of the road for AIX work and you're thinking, what can I do? You're writing, what happens around this time in terms of the next area in in which you try out focusing?
1: Yeah. So, so learning as much as I can, reading, listening to podcasts, um, really participating in, uh. In 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 all of those kinds of things, and 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 I really just started coaching people for free, okay? Because there were others in the community who were in sometimes in dire straits, and or sometimes they thought they were, and they weren't. Uh-huh. And and then all roads lead back to positioning, and so I started putting people through the torture that you put all of us through. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but I sometimes do it with, without your gentleness. Oh man, and you're,
0: you're, you're even harder than I am.
1: <laughs> I am. I am. Oh yeah. And I just say, uh, look, here's some tough love from uncle Anthony. And, and so I then, and and then I've got to eat my own dog food uh-huh. and just say, well, Anthony stop saying, well, you can really help anyone. You're attracting a lot of attention, which I was, especially on LinkedIn, Mm-hmm. I, I had, um, yeah, I was getting some videos a few months ago and some posts. I think one post I think had 20,000 views and loads of comments and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it still wasn't turning into business. Okay. And so I, yeah, so I really saw that I had to be, become more focused myself in my positioning. Okay. Um, and and so the so the message and I'm, and it's still an evolution. I said, look, I'm going to be helping. I didn't want to say the word it, okay, but I said technical firms, which is still very broad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them learn to be more client focused in their language. So I'm going to help them really find the right clients because they were extremely broad uh, in, in their own language, especially in their writing. Yeah. Um, once they actually get in front of a customer, they're much better on their feet, but every time they write about it, they just get like super broad. Right. So it helped them with three things. One is to find the right clients. The second is to talk their language, talk the client's language instead of techno babble mm-hmm. so that number three, they can make the sale.
0: So how how did you give yourself the tough love of coming up with this this positioning statement? Like what, what did it take to get to this point of, oh, that's who I'm trying to help and that's what I'm trying to help them with?
1: Uh, I would say it was probably external validation rather than something internally within me. Okay. Um,
0: so what, what do you mean by that?
1: I mean that, almost everybody that I trusted in in or outside of my space the people who who I think I would like to be like them I would like to be doing some coaching just like them right almost all of them said you have to narrow your focus right and some of them have never even heard of you I thought you invented that, nope. <laughs> that expression <laughs> nope. and I and and so one thing that I saw was that when I told people that I was from a technical background, it kind of worked for me and worked against me. It worked for me in this sense mm-hmm. in that there was instant credibility. Okay. People assumed, especially outside the industry, but even inside the industry, they just, like, I didn't even have to mention it. I I had a client a few months ago who who was a SQL Server developer And that's all he does, and he's, like, got 20 years of experience in that. And I said to him, do me a favour, because I've written, like, about 20 lines of SQL Server in my entire entire life, so Mm -hmm. I don't really know. I know at a high level what it means, what it does. I said, do me a favour. Don't ever mention again to anybody that you're a SQL Server. (laughs) (laughs) developer.' What do you mean? That's what I do. That's my DNA. That's my entire life. I said, yeah, I know. But that's gonna take it's gonna take you about five seconds to prove to the world that you know pretty much like you are absolutely the top of your game. You don't even have to mention it. Right. (laughs) So so I had it, I had it worked in favor of me in terms of my technical skill because I had instant credibility with the technical people who felt that they did not know how to sell. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to outsource that just like they wanted to outsource anything that they didn't like. Right. Okay. And so they made some very bad choices, spent some money, kind of desperate things, just get me something, somebody go and take this pain away from me. Right. Because I do not want to learn how to sell. And my, my mission was to say not only do you, are you going to learn how to sell, you have to learn it first. You cannot outsource this yet. There are other things in your business you can outsource, but not this. You have to, got to own this.
0: That sounds almost. Uh, that sounds suspiciously like a point of view that you might have. Um, so when you say that, at least at a certain stage, sales cannot be outsourced. Uh, you know what, what's behind that for you? What, what are the, what are your reasons for saying that?
1: Well, it comes down to, um, you know, when people speak about accountability, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: it comes down to to sometimes that's a lack of ownership when people are saying that mm. I just wish I wish I had a magic bullet I wish I could just get someone else to do to do this uh to do this selling for me and let me focus on the technical side and so I really what I'm saying is like unless you understand the value that you're bringing to your client how are you going to communicate that to your client how are you going to communicate it to a salesperson mm. If you can't articulate that first, then then like if you don't sell, you don't eat. Right. And um, but the IT side or the technical, especially the sysadmin, you know, more of uh, more than the kind of development side. Um, uh, that background has also worked against me in ways that have quite surprised me, quite shocked me. Oh, what do you mean? Which yeah, which is that when I say to people, you know, I'm helping technical people to sell, mm-hmm. almost universally, even people who have been through the journey, who have watched my journey, who have helped me but who are not technical, they are still after, sometimes after several months, are still telling me, why don't you go and help out this company with their IT, with their Windows server uh-huh. stuff that i don't even know and so they're still thinking of me as as a hands-on a hands-on guy
0: oh very interesting why do you think that is like what's giving them that signal is it because they know your history or is it maybe something oh. okay
1: yeah probably i think it's just the whole idea that you know if if you're um uh when when you're outside the industry you just think anyone inside the industry is an expert at everything Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So yeah, um, that, I, I wonder if that will be less of a
0: problem with uh, when you start getting more strangers, you know, in your joining your list, it in, in sort of in your marketing world that may, I wonder yes. if that may be less of a problem.
1: Yes. Yes. I it's, it's, it's probably more of a psychological problem for me because I just sort of think I have moved away from that. Can't you, can't you catch up? <laughs> yeah. Don't you get it? Um,
0: that's a, that's exactly it? though you know the the sort of idea that I don't want to be pigeonholed. That's exactly what that is. Is I don't want to be thought of. I, I don't want to be um, restricted in what I do in the future because of what I've done in the past.
1: Well, it is that, and it is the fear, and I understand that. But it's but I I, I really do not want to be doing IT work uh, or technical. I. Like if I never tell people, you know, some of them say, oh, look, you can just fix up this, uh, put this plug-in on, uh, uh, onto your website, onto your WordPress. I said I tell them if I never touch a computer again except just to run my own business, mm-hmm. like if I never log on to my website again to do anything technical, like I'll be a happy man. Yeah. And so that shows you the evolution mentally that I've gone through.
0: I'm curious if um – I'm very curious about just the whole idea of how we age throughout our careers mm. um, as self-employed people, especially mm. those where at the beginning of the career, like this, this was true of me too. I was, I was in system administration work in the nineties with the mm. windows servers and um, it was thrilling at first because of the learning curve and then mm. it became not thrilling because the learning curve sort of flattened out. Yeah. So I'm always interested to talk to people who are, you know, a little older and have seen a little more in their career. What, Mm. what do you make of the whole idea of like how you, (laughs) how you age well in, in technology?
1: Well, uh, first, I think there's an enormous amount of hype around technology Um, and that when you actually get into the enterprise, there are like, even if I just still dabble a little bit in at the, at the enterprise level at some of the technical stuff that I do, there's hardly anything that I am doing now that I have, that I I didn't have all of the knowledge that I needed 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So the developments, especially in particular in certain industries, such as manufacturing, to a certain extent finance like you you're just not learning right what and so what you are learning is not technical stuff now obviously this varies from one industry to another and you you know startup the startup world is a whole different different ball game but but I think that I really stopped learning uh anything technical and um uh, and started saying well how do I craft this how do I turn this into training how do I help out my colleagues mm-hmm. um, in non-technical ways, emotionally and, and, and other things like that. So, yeah, I, I think you do get to a stage. It's not so much that I've been left behind by the technology that I can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it just doesn't keep up with my enthusiasm, my desire to be con- connecting with people uh, and, and you know, not to be sort of buried all night um, on the command line like it just <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah i i'm i want to meet someone who who says the first part of what you said yeah i stopped learning 10 years ago and then goes on to say and that was awesome because or of whatever reason like i i've never met anybody in in the sort of world that we occupy who would say that they would they would say that was a problem if I stopped learning or I hated it and I felt Mm. stuck or, or, you know, some variation of that, it would be a negative thing if they stopped learning. And it sounds like that was for you too.
1: Well, that, that's I mean, looking back now, I I still remember the moment that I, uh, that I, I actually spent some money on my business other than, you know, having a basic website and so on. I still remember the moment that I paid $9 for a for a webinar, mm-hmm. and it was I still remember that decision. It's crazy now because I spent, you know, at least four figures, sure, <laughs> and plus and an you know a truckload of time um, on developing myself and on learning now. But at the time, I still remember that that was a turning point for me. That nine dollar decision. I, I'm actually spending something here that is for personal development that I, I like this is building up me and my business like that was that was a for a, for a former employee that was a really big <laughs> turning point for me
0: oh that's interesting and, okay and be, and to be clear that's because you felt sort of stagnant and this was like i'm getting out of this stagnation i'm changing things
1: yeah well i was i was already doing that but i mm-hmm. was reading it was it was a crossover from reading more and more free material right. and getting free advice right. to actually investing in myself. Right. A full a full nine dollars. A full nine dollars. <laughs> but I remember the moment I made that decision, Philip.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something they say in the world of marketing, that the you know, the the biggest chasm there is is between people who will never spend any money on something and people who will spend at least a penny on it. And you, well, I haven't hmm. so you sort of crossed that chasm. It sounds like at that moment,
1: it was. It, it's been really interesting uh, uh, seeing. Uh, how, how can you say the word in, in terms of engagement? In terms of people responding, that is so important in, uh, for my writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting that feedback, and so that's why I publish before I'm ready. You know, draft for me is a failure. If if I've got a draft of something in there, that's death. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's defeat. Is that um, having having a draft idea? I actually get it out there in front of some strangers, yeah, in front of strange eyeballs. And once I've actually done that, I know that I have. I haven't necessarily got I uh, I haven't necessarily made a a, a, a big you know, I'm not going to make a sale from it, but um, I, I have certainly made it a really big uh, – well, I've, I've planted a seed and I've built an asset.
0: Mm-hmm. You See what I mean? I do. I mean, I'm a big believer in that. So what does feedback look like for you right now in your business? Is that people – commenting on something on LinkedIn or responding to emails what specific yeah
1: pr- yeah pr- primarily uh, the feed- feedback is going to be through people opting in to the email okay but certainly responding uh, replying on on LinkedIn but I understand and it took me quite a while uh, to understand that my, my my value is in my email list mm. all right is that um, Is that those people are coming in? I'm getting open rates of between 41 and 64 Mm percent, which I'm very happy with. That's wonderful. And um, so that means people are opening it. My unsubscribe rates are, you know, negligible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's good. And so the next thing is well, okay, people are seeing repeated value. From so I suppose here is the the maturity of you know the, a long term view Philip is that I n- now that I can look back and especially as a father we've got seven children my wife and I Right. I can kind of look back and and realize that like no no deal is death no small thing like no big no small catastrophe like <laughs> it's not really a catastrophe mm. sometimes the little children can panic and 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 you see that as a father right mm-hmm. and so the children panic and you realize you know this is not this is not as big a deal let's take a longer term view don't look at it as as success or failure um and just look at every little incremental step as something as a thing in itself that you've done and um and somehow it's building the building it's another brick in 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 the building
0: yeah, so it, looking back over the last, I don't know, let's say 3 years, is mm. there something that you wish you could have traveled back in time and told yourself, don't do that. It's it's a waste of time or is is everything now do you see it as well it, may, it maybe didn't go where I wanted it to go, but it contributed something to this overall thing I'm building?
1: I have I have both. Okay. Um where I can I can see I can see very quickly now uh if somebody suggests for example last week somebody tempted me to or a few people kind of tempted me to start a podcast uh-huh. and I was always resistant to that idea. I'm totally happy to you know to get on camera get on microphone and and record something but i i I can easily dismiss that idea not because I'm afraid of it but because I think, well, how is this part of my big strategy here? So I can easily write off a particular opportunity for the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that sense, that's something that I wish I had learnt much more quickly. But then on the other hand, I can also see see the positive that every single experience, every single conversation, even those sales conversations where I so hoped it would turn into a deal and I totally didn't get anything from it yeah whether it was my own fault or theirs or uh, you know for whatever reason i can still see like this was super valuable right so that that's been a big mental shift for me is that i don't see anything as a waste of time now i don't see anything as a failure i see it just as another data point
0: yeah i think that's part of the growth mindset you know good (laughs) (laughs) i do Um, okay. So this, this is a sort of, this story is still unfolding. You, you, you feel like you're getting more traction now than you have before, but you're still in that stage of sort of clarifying, like, what what do you think still is yet to be figured out for you?
1: Okay. So I have, I, I, I'm a very disorganized person. And having read books such as the E Myth um, by Michael Gerber mm-hmm. and um, and the Checklist Manifesto, I am uh, I've, I've now got some cards. I'm I'm now getting myself organised because I can see that, that that part of my business of the detail side, so like I I'd get attracted by the creative ide- ideas, right? But yeah, uh, and so getting discipline into my into my business has been a really really big thing. Mm. Um, and my, my vision at the moment, and I'm doing this a bit on the fly here, but that's okay. Uh, so my vision is particularly to help, I would actually say fathers, uh, who, are, who are in their own business, mm-hmm. who are kind of just adrift because their career is, is falling apart or has fallen apart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They have stumbled into consulting. Or maybe made it as a deliberate choice, but without really any clue, uh, is to to help to help them to craft their message in a in a really really powerful way for their clients because they're just able to provide amazing value. And um, but they're still in a very much in, in an employee mindset and mm-hmm. in a, you know in a scarcity mindset. And so helping them with three things, I suppose. Number one is the mindset itself, Um, and that sometimes can be a a bit of a a nervous a less compelling thing, particularly for for technical people because they tend not to want to be so Mm -hmm. self-focused. The second thing is the skill set, so I can actually help them with things like, I, I don't mean the technical skills, but the actual how do I write a headline, how do I... How do I write an email? What should I write? How do I put this together? How do I turn this message into an email course and and have it out by this time next week? Right. Uh, So the mindset, the skill set. And then the third thing, I don't don't like the word accountability, but implementation, execution, just somehow actually getting it done. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like an anti-procrastination pill that I give them. Right. Where I teach them, I just say, like David uh, David C. Baker he says, look, don't wait until you're confident. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, just you, don't wait until you feel confident because, like, it's that that doesn't. Matter. I just say, look, people tell me, look, but I don't feel confident. I say, yeah, well, tell me why that matters. Oh. I, don't, I actually don't care. Whether you feel confident or not, okay.
0: <laughs> That's great. What, what, what do people say when, when you ask? Tell me why that
1: matters. I well, I, I just say, look, I if if we're waiting for your confidence, okay, I I I don't care. Uh, it's not up to you. You are not the buyer here. Hmm. Your customer is the buyer. You're not making the buying decision. The customer is. Are you seeing, you're not seeing, this is a failure for you to see things through the customer's eyes. The customer is seeing the value here. Mm. And that's, and and I'm just going with whoever's paying the money to you. I do not care whether you think it's worth it. The customer does. That's great. So (laughs) get out of your own headspace. And in fact, even in dealing with imposter syndrome, I tell people, look, you want to go and tell yourself that you're no good, that you're in, that you're a fraud, that you're an imposter, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't actually be here. If only people really knew what you were like. I don't care. You go do that in the mirror. I, I, you, you can go. I don't care. I'm I'm not going to tell you to make affirmations about how good you are. Go tell yourself what a failure you are. I don't care. But at the moment, we've got a paying customer who needs your help, Mm. and so. You go do that on your own time, not on the boss's time, you because the client is your boss.
0: I love the tough love. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony, where can folks find out more, perhaps join your email list and see what you're doing there? Where would you send them?
1: yeah, so so the email list is going to be the place to find me. I actually have a short six part em- I think a six part email course on how to win more business. And we'll include the link in the show notes. Uh, I, do, I do have a website. My name is anthonyenglish.com.au. The AU is for Australia.
0: That's my conversation with Anthony English. Hey, if you know someone who is at a similar point in their journey as Anthony and would benefit from feeling less alone in that self-employment journey Do me a favor, reach down to your podcast player app, hit the share button, and send this episode to them directly. I really appreciate it.